Sports. Welcome to the Philly Fans Podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Eagles football because really there's nothing else going on with COVID-19 going on. So we're going to go right into the NFL draft. Uh, First off, before I start anything, back when I started the Philly Fans, I was a bit egotistical. Heck, I probably still am. And now, and I was also considered a know-it-all. Once again, probably still am. But on this podcast, I will learn to admit when I've made a mistake. And I will, we will learn to admit mistakes. So we will start off today's podcast with a fact check. So here it is, a full list of Eric's mistakes. <laughs> so first off, Eric stated that Sam Moran had three ACL injuries in last week's podcast. Sam Moran has two ACL injuries. Uh, He also stated that Alshon Jeffrey was not in his 30s. Alshon Jeffrey is 30 years old. Eric, you got anything to say? All right, when I was talking Sam Moran, I said he had like like three ACL injuries in the past four years. That was not a fact. That was me saying he had a lot of injuries. And Alshon, I said he was 29. He was obviously 29 last season. And I didn't account for his birthday. That's all I got to say. He's 30. So, as I said, we like to admit uh, when we are wrong on this podcast, and Eric was wrong. A few I was. Uh, we also missed some things last week, uh, both on the Flyers podcast, kind of missed some things on the Flyers podcast, as well as the bonus WrestleMania episode. So if you didn't catch any of those podcasts, please check us out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you could basically find podcasts at this point, we are on. Uh, our WrestleMania episode, we forgot to mention the WrestleMania host of Rob Gronkowski, who is now the WWE 24-7 champion. What that means... Um, just means more Gronk on WWE programming, I guess. Uh, and that's about it because really the 24-7 title means nothing in WWE, basically. Eric, nothing? No ad? Uh, Perfect. I mean, hey, uh, we're talking football. Gronk is in football, so it's still relevant to this podcast as well. Yeah, his, uh, his, Super, Bowl, uh, his Super Bowl wins mean a lot more than the 24-7 title. Uh, also, his Super Bowl loss means Aha. more. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Yes. All right, we also failed to mention that Bailey, who is the SmackDown Women's Champion, retained her title in a five-way elimination match, defeating four other women in that match. Uh, for me to name them all off the top of my head, I'm probably not going to. I'll just name the one I wanted to win, and that would have been Sasha Banks. So, Bailey retained that SmackDown Women's Championship, and it, we're going to see some feuds going on down the road between her and Sasha, or even her and Lacey Evans going down the road. Uh, we also mentioned this last week on the podcast. We mentioned Travis Konecki, uh, TK, and one thing that I wanted to bring to the day- table today was some stats. Um, since he signed in September, which is a move that Eric and I both said Flyers fans were kind of thinking he may have gotten paid a little too much, but he got paid. Um, He has been the team leader in points. He has been the team leader in goals, and he has made his first 
all-star appearance this year. So that uh, that paycheck is really actually paying off. Absolutely. And the last thing I just wanted to touch on, we didn't really mention Oscar Lindblom, uh, you know, fighting his disease. I uh, just wanted to give our best to him. He's a great player. Flyers definitely missing this season. Uh, I could I could rattle on forever about him. He's just a great player. Uh, but we didn't mention him, and I wanted him to be mentioned because he deserves it. So get better, Oscar. Yeah, and Oscar, we're fighting with you uh, every step of the way as Flyers fans. Uh, you definitely earned our respect no matter what, so we're fighting with you. Uh, so let's get into the Eagles, uh, specifically what Eric mentioned last week, uh, and that was a Carson Wentz discussion. Eric wanted to go into it and wanted to, wanted to start to debate me a little bit, and we, we wanted to bring it out today. And that debate was, does Carson Wentz use his receivers? Eric, please give your side of this debate. Well, looking at – Looking at the stats I, I, I checked out uh, over the past week, I just wanted to be sure I was not, you know, talking out my rear end. So the stats, if you look at his stats from the past two years. Please, um, please. Ertz is letting targets. He has. Now, what I will say, yes, the completion rating to the tight ends and the running backs is higher, but the targets are also higher. There is one stat I want to bring up. So – in 2019, he had 598 targets. 313 of them were to tight ends and running backs. What does that say? That's, that's about 53% to two positions, rather. You know, who – I get – look at your face. What I'm saying is, yes, so what you said, the completion rate is higher to the tight ends and running backs, but you also have to look at the routes the tight ends and running backs are running. So they're quick, they're quick routes, right? They're quick, one, two, or they're check down. So here's my argument with you. One stat I looked up, and this is a stat I've always complained about Carson Wentz. And let me preface this by saying, I think Carson Wentz is our quarterback. I'm not saying we need a new one. I think he's great. I think he's going to be the future. It's fine, right? But one thing I hate about Carson Wentz is I think he holds on to the ball too long. So in the since he's been on the team, he's had – 48 fumbles in 56 games. That's 86% fumble rate, right? So he's almost had he's – had, he's almost had a fumble a game. Does he use his receivers? That <laughs> was the question. It I'm telling you – He's is... holding on to the ball too long. No, 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 no. Receivers. Now, and why on. is he holding on to the ball too long? So those receivers can get open. No, Come no, on. no. I'm Come not – no. No, this is not where I'm going at. No. He holds on to the ball. He's not looking over the field. He's looking for his number one target. He's looking at his tight ends. He's not – He and he scans the field, and he's taking a little bit. He's not seeing his receivers open. There's been plenty of plays where I've seen receivers open, and he's not hitting them, and then he gets takes a hit. And he's got enough time. It's not like his line is bad. So, he's one, he's not feeling the pressure, or two, he's not scanning the field fast enough. All right, Eric, do me a favor. All right. Who were the Eagles' top four wide receivers? You would well, say chart-wise going into 2019. 2019 was uh, – you had Jeffrey, Deshaun, uh, you had Aguilar, who I know you we all hate. And then you had – I mean, I guess you could put J.J., but he didn't really pan out for his so – J.J. would be number five. You're, five? You're forgetting about, you're forgetting about the, uh, the, 
release after his 12th game of the season, and that would have been Mac Collins. Oh, Mac Collins, right. Number four wide receiver. Well, here's, here's right. Mike. Here's a big question I have with receivers. I know you're saying 2019, right? So one of my issues, this could have been uh, gameplay, you know, Doug Peterson as well. But we, in 2018, we traded for Golden Tate, right? We didn't use Golden Tate as Golden Tate should be used. Man, you wanted me to get into that early, didn't you? Because you knew I was going to mention that later on. All right. Um, yes, we did not use Golden Tate the right way. However, it was not Carson Wentz throwing the ball to Golden Tate. Good point. Um, that would have been Nick Foles. At that point, you're right. To Golden Tate at that point. So, Eric, the top four wide receivers this year, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Matt Collins, Deshaun Jackson. Those were the top four right. coming out of camp, and they were thrown on us, okay? Mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey played 10 games this year. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar played 11. Deshaun played, what, three? Deshaun Jackson played three. Right. Mac Hollins, who's the number four wide receiver, right. played the most out of all of those players and was released by the Eagles at one point in the season. He played 12 games. Right. So you're saying so, – what you're saying is he had no one to target besides – Yes, he had no one to target. And on top of that, the quarterback wide receiver – is a trust factor. They need to trust each other. So who is who is Carson Wentz going to throw to instead? He's going to throw to the guys he trusts in the beginning of the year. He's going to throw to guys like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. He's going to dump it off to his running backs. So, yes, I would definitely say that he is going to look at those targets before he looks at guys he doesn't trust yet. All right? Now let's get to the trust factor later on in the season when we didn't have Alshon Jeffrey when we didn't have Nelson Aguilar, when we didn't have Deshaun Jackson most of the season, by the way. Uh, he's, he's been a great player, but he's tremendously injury prone. Uh, when he didn't have Matt Collins, and let's be honest, he didn't have Matt Collins most of the season because Matt Collins was invisible on the football field. Right. Right. When he had players step up, a Greg Ward step in, and he put his trust in the Greg Ward early in the game, Look at the confidence level of those wide receivers when he put the trust level into J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, when he put the trust level into a Joshua Perkins. Who in the world is Joshua Perkins? He is the Eagles' number three tight end. All right? And it spread him out wide as a wide receiver when they were down to two wide receivers in a game. And Wentz was throwing dimes to him. All right? He put the trust out to these guys who came off the practice squad, basically, to step in. Guys like Robert Davis. Guys like DeAndre Burnett. All right? These cool. are guys you're never going to hear of ever again. So Yet, why, why is he trusting these guys rather why, than uh, – Let's see. They, he put the trust out there early. First quarter, in the end of the season, you'll notice he was throwing to these wide receivers more. Why? It opened up the field. And it gave the ability for the running backs and tight ends to get into the game. If you go and you leave those wide receivers open, Carson Wentz is going to show you that he trusts them. He's going to put it in their hands. And now you have to play the wide receivers. It opens up the field more. And note, those were wins. All right, when he opened up the field more, those last three games of the year, and and took it to those wide receivers that nobody heard of, all right, and then was able to do those dump passes to a Miles Sanders, a Zach Ertz, a Dallas Goddard. All right, he was able to show the trust and open up the field. 
those drives were very specifically drawn out by Wentz and even by Doug Peterson, who, who I've had questions with in the past couple of seasons. The problem is they don't have someone who's going to be a quick strike wide receiver. The guy they brought in was Deshaun Jackson. All right. Deshaun Jackson was supposed to open up the field and be that quick strike. All right. When you remove that threat, uh, that has to change up the entire offense. All right. And it gives that the opposing offense a little bit more time to rest. Mm-hmm. All right. That's you saw it in, against Seattle. All right. They were able to dink and drive throughout the game, yet they aren't able to put it in the end zone. And when they do put it in the end zone and where they do kick the field goals, Seattle was able to quick right over the top. All right. Even with the Giants, they did the same thing. They were able to go to one of their deep threats. All right. The Eagles didn't have that this year, and that's what they need back. Well, do you All think right? do you think that Carson Wentz will have the ability to use these no name receivers in the future? More I think, than more than having to change his game up? Because there are quarterbacks out there that can use no name receivers or receivers that no one heard about and still make their team look good. From the day one that Doug Peterson was signed, from day one that Carson Wentz was drafted, I compared this to Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb. All right? Donovan McNabb had no name receivers. All right? James Trash, Todd Stingston. These are all nicknames that the Philly fan base gave them. All right? Alligator Arms, Todd Stingston. All right, we were talking about him for years. Right. right. Yes, he made something out of them. They made the playoffs. They were uh, interception away from being in the Super Bowl right. multiple times. Um, and that's with, one thing One thing I'll give Carson credit this year. He didn't throw a lot of picks. Yeah. And Only through seven. This, this is without wide receivers back right. in that time. All right. But he's what also he's – also, I was saying he's also looking in those – Sure passes, which I get what you're saying. There's dink and dunk passes. Is that so, out of necessity, or is that because he doesn't want to uh, take the time to go downfield, like not take the time to go downfield, but take the time to attempt those passes? I well, don't believe the wide receivers were good, were good enough to open up the field. They really need those dink, dink and dunk passes because they're not quick enough to get downfield. They're not quick enough to beat these top corners in the game. All right. you know, sometimes you got to fit it in there. Sometimes as a quarterback, you have to you have to make that that risky pass. He he had it into Sean Jackson. That was for three games. No, I'm saying regardless, you have to try to fit that ball into a tight window. It doesn't matter what receiver you got to try. Like you're going to have seven interceptions if you play this safe game. All right. Am so who are you looking at? What top quarterbacks have worked with no receivers and have won? And been successful. Yeah, see, I didn't go down. <laughs> what no, I'm thinking of, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. So if you if you really want to, if you really you think of the top dog, right? Who over the years has had no name receivers who have become big name receivers? That's the Patriots. Tom Brady's a different monster. He's the greatest of all time. We know this. Uh, he's still lost to a backup quarterback. Um, <laughs> However, but that also comes into game plan and cheating. 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 Multiple times. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go back wait, to Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I want to go back to Wentz. I want to no, go back. No, no, no. Hold on. 
one second. If you look, if you look at a guy like Drew Brees, he's only had one one big receiver. You, you see Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints, who have been dominant for the past how many years? Right. With speed type receivers. They've had speed. Yeah. Okay. They've had speed, and they're able to open up the field. The Eagles have not been able to open up the field. Right. So that's what. So you're saying that's why the Chiefs they, won this they, year. They need to open. Yeah, that's that's one reason the Chiefs won this year. They had that quick strike ability to open up the field anytime they wanted to. Well, that's okay. So that's what the Eagles need. We need speed then. They, they need they need a speed guy. They need someone who can open up the field. And we love Deshaun Jackson. We love that we brought them back in. But what did he do for us last year? Right. All right. right. He. It's this is a game of what have you done for me lately. All right, Deshaun, we love you, but what have you done for us lately? Right. All right, now let's let's go back to Desha- to Carson Wentz's 2017 season because we can really say the 2018 season was a wash, correct? With the yeah. injury, right? All right, you're so, okay. All right, so in 2017, Carson Wentz had 33 touchdown passes. Right. No, that okay. See, in 2017, I get it. He led us to the playoffs. He led us to the number one seed. I'm not yeah, taking I, away from that. This this was a whole conversation about his wide receivers, though, compared to his tight ends, correct? Right, right. All right, so I'm going back to the wide receivers over okay. the time. <laughs> All right. All right. How many touchdown passes went to Alshon Jeffrey? I, I didn't go back to 2017. So via Carson Wentz, eight of Alshon Jeffrey's nine touchdowns. All right? More Carson Wentz. From Carson Wentz. In, in, uh, in regular season, obviously. In regular season. Nick Foles threw five touchdown passes in the regular season. Four of them were against the Giants. One of them was against the Raiders. All right, he played four or five games that year. All right, had five touchdown passes, four against the Giants, one against the Raiders. His five touchdown passes went to Aguilar, or sorry, wide receiver tight end-wise, went to Aguilar, Ertz, Jeffrey, and Trey Burton. All right, that was the wide receivers, that wide receivers and tight end that received touchdown passes from Nick Foles. All right, so... Alshon Jeffrey received nine touchdown passes for 824 receiving yards. Nelson Aguilar, eight touchdown passes, 789 yards. All right, seven of those touchdown passes from Carson Wentz. Zach Ertz, eight total touchdowns, 824 yards. Seven of those touchdowns were from Carson Wentz. Trey Burton had five touchdown receptions, four of them from Carson Wentz. What has he done in Chicago? Absolutely nothing. Right. Right. So that's a different quarterback, too. If you put different. Wait, wait, wait. Are you comparing Carson Wentz to Mitch Trubisky? I am telling you right now that if you give Carson the weapons, he's going to spread the field. Alshon, we don't know what's going on, and we're going to get to that. All right. We're going to we're going to question if he still fits into this system. Nelson, we know, does not fit into the system. He had a contract year and decided to blow it. Right. Lowest contract year, and in my opinion, all right, this is straight. This is my humble opinion. All right, the whistleblower saying that Carson Wentz doesn't throw to his wide receivers was either Alshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar, and I don't think Alshon Jeffrey is the type of guy who will say something to a media person without saying it to your face. All right, he was the wide receiver the Super Bowl week who said, "I want to be in Philly practicing." Straight up. I don't want to be here on media week. I want to be in Philly practicing. 
He's Wait, gonna... so you're saying that he he didn't say what was leaked? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if it was Nelson Aguilar who started it, who got into Jeffrey's ear a little bit, but it was right. all Aguilar. Think about how Aguilar has succeeded with Carson Wentz over the past couple of years. That's that's the first time I've heard that. After the Super Bowl year, Nelson Aguilar has done nothing except drop the ball. He's become right. a case. All right. Think think about the news story about the firemen. We were we were catching babies, unlike Aguilar. All right. He's become a joke in Philadelphia, and I would not be surprised if Nelson Aguilar was the whistleblower. Right. All right, I just I just saying I would not be surprised if it was him over Alshon. Right. Um, well, either way, I, either way, I think the locker room needs to get over that and move on. I, I think the locker room needs to get over, and it comes straight from leadership. And if you saw the past, the end of the season last year, the leadership kind of moved on from it completely. Right. right? Watch All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. They got through it. All right. This is our guy. This is what. This is all we got. All we need. All right. This. We are being led by Carson Wentz into the playoffs, who is throwing once again all these yards to what do you have? Over four thousand passing yards this season. Four thousand passing yards. Okay, and no wide receiver, no tight end, no running back was on was over a thousand yard receiver. No one. Right. All right. That's because he because he threw to about twenty different people. He but they had because he had to. Well, injuries help with that too. Injuries help, but spreading the ball around is, is a little key to that. But once again, if you go back to 2017, there was no Eagles wide receiver who went over 1,000 yards. All right. Well, you proved your point there. Now now, go after my other point then. Sorry. Go back to your other point. I, I was on a high of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to say – I still think – I, I still think we need that utilization of a number one wide receiver, but you're saying we don't have one, which is fine. Um, but go back to where he's he's fumbling in eighty percent, eighty six percent of his games. Yeah, he's holding on to the ball too long. Right he, in the beginning. So if you look at the if, beginning if, of this past season, the 2019-2020 season, and you look at the beginning of the 2018-2019 season, what was the offensive line doing? Uh, what, what, what that, see, you hear that, Eric? Did you hear that? That yeah. was absolutely dead air. There was no protection for their quarterback. <laughs> in the None. All right. In this season. In in the beginning of this season, there was not the protection. Okay. It wasn't there. All right. And yeah, but these we, all are from this season. Now he did have his second highest fumble rate this season. This this season was uh, he definitely fumbled a lot, but he also recovered a lot of those fumbles. Right. Right. So for he, negative he yards. Right. There wasn't a turnover as much as you think there was. No, there was turnover seven. was not as much. It was half. Right? He had, yeah, he, he fumbled a lot, but he's not throwing interceptions. He's not turning the ball over. He's got he's to gotta be smarter with the ball, sure. Right. He's got to learn when to throw the ball away, sure. But he is, he is still young, right? And he's still making his way through the NFL with players that aren't even really practice squad material. And I started this started this conversation saying he is our future quarterback. I don't want to go back to that preface. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying there's some things he has to he has to clean up on. 
Yeah, but that's everybody. There's there's things on this podcast we have to clean up on too. We're we're episode three in, like right. the dead air that just happened a minute ago when I I stumped you on the offensive line protection. <laughs> you asked such a what you asked what they were doing. They were trying to play some offense. Yeah, they were trying to play with themselves. Or crazy. But anyway, um, so speaking of, speaking of Alshon, do you still think he fits in this system? I believe that Alshon Jeffrey once again is on the trade block. Um, it was reported on Monday by Jeff McLean of the Enquirer that the Eagles tried to trade Alshon Jeffrey during the 2019 season. Uh, that definitely will not hold over for a guy who is Alshon Jeffrey, someone who will say things to your face. Um, I wonder if he is going to be okay if we go into the 2020 season uh, and he's still on the team ready to go for this, for this football team. Well, they already picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah, to save money. Right. To, to, to yeah, but I don't – okay. I get that. But I don't think a team – so last year, teams probably were more interested in him. Right? This year, I don't think, I, I don't think anyone's going to offer for him. I don't think anyone's going to offer for him. I don't think he's going anywhere unless the Eagles release him. Right. And let's be honest, they're not releasing him. Uh, he's still going to find a way to work in the system. And all of these guys on this team right now have a chip on their shoulders. All right, so these guys, if, if you're still on the team, you have to have a chip. If you think that you're better than anybody else on this, on this football team, you're going to go and you're going to see that uh, they keep, Howie Roseman is going to put these guys on the trade block. Right. Like, like right now, the issue that we're going to have is the issue of Russell Douglas. And I want to get into Russell Douglas later on in, in this podcast. Russell Douglas was outspoken when Nelson Aguilar went to the Raiders. All right. He said that I, on Twitter, he tweeted about Nelson being one of the best receivers on the team. Oh, boy. Yep. And that <laughs> alone is going to say, hey – are we going to trust this guy? And I'm going to get into our, into our draft needs. I'm going to try to get into a little bit of the Rasul Douglas talk later on. I did not want to jump in the Rasul yet. And um, <laughs> so well, no, but I still think so. If, if Alshon comes back healthy, if so Alshon still- comes back healthy, Alshon will be your number two or number three wide receiver. this year. Who's your number one? The person we draft. If we jump up, if the Eagles jump up, it will. He will likely be the number one target, but that number one target will probably fill in a few weeks into the season. Right. Al, Alshon will be number one at the start of the year. If Alshon's still on the team by the end of the season, he will be two or three. So here's here's my hope for this year. If we keep Alshon, we use him more in throw ups. So more 50-50 balls in the end zone. More fade routes. Fade routes, yeah. At ten, 10 and in. Because that's one thing – that's one thing I think the team doesn't utilize him. That's where I was going with last week. I don't think he's used for what we brought him in for. But he was also injured a lot of the season last year and was trying to play through some injuries. Right, uh, but even before that, we didn't really use him. I mean – Used him well in 2017, 2018. <laughs> yeah, but not – no, I understand that. But I'm saying there's <laughs> jump balls – we, I think, I, as a team, I think we need to use line more because you look at a guy like like JJ, he could be used like that too. Yeah, and and JJ's someone we need this year, um, and hoping that uh, 
his head is into it this year a little bit more. I think rookie year, you kind of had that shell shock a little bit. Uh, I think this, this sophomore season for him, uh, he really does need to step up and prove uh, why they drafted him where they did. Um, right, and, and Howie Roseman even said, we need J.J. to do something this year or they might look to get rid of him. Yeah, and, and, and so in so many words, it basically is that's that's the route they need to go is is wide receiver more than anything and say hey, you are replaceable. Everybody in this on this team is replaceable, right? And they're gonna find someone to replace them with, and we will definitely get into that replaceable thing in a little bit as well because there are some things that we agree on and there are some things that we disagree on when it comes to people being replaceable. Right. Um, your other, your other mention of Deshaun Jackson, do you really think Deshaun's going to stay healthy this year? No, that, that was my question. I don't, I, he could. And if he does, you saw what he did against the Redskins. Like he can be used as that deep threat, but I think we need to draft speed. I don't think we can rely on his speed. I think we need to draft a young fast guy, someone like, um, uh, Ruggs, he's kind of, he's projected the second, maybe third best receiver coming in this draft. He's he runs like a what, a four four one, I believe. So when when did we realize we needed a wide receiver? Was it during the season? Was it before the season? Was it after the season? What do you mean? We needed a wide receiver for years. Oh, perfect! Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> right. So we've needed a wide receiver for years. Right. And in a free agency period that is currently passing before our eyes. A 4 40 by the way. What have the Eagles done at wide receiver to fix that position? That's not the point, though. It, you, can't, you can't spend money on a receiver with a draft like this. There, you can't. There are speed guys. There were speed guys out there. Well, I know. Like, Robbie Anderson was available, right? He's Why? fast. Why, why do we not have Robbie Anderson in Eagles? Because it would be more expensive to, to sign a free agent than it would be to draft a top Oh, I'm, I'm still saying we're drafting a top wide receiver. I, I'm saying we're drafting a top wide receiver. So why spend the money in free agency? I would have still brought Robbie Anderson in because that, that's showing you you're getting the speed down the field and you're not going to be complacent with these older guys. Deshaun – you got to go bye-bye. Right. I love you. You're not healthy. You got to go, man. I'm sorry. We shouldn't have gotten rid of you to begin with. Right. Right? Chip Kelly will forever be thrown into the fire of Philadelphia hell because we dislike him that much and what he did to this team and how he blew up the team. All right? Mm-hmm. He got rid of Deshaun Jackson in a time in which Deshaun Jackson was going into the prime of his career. All right, that's something we needed. We needed him in the prime of his career. All right, we needed these speedy receivers as well. There are too many speed receivers that that have gone away. Well, here, let me ask you this. So with the big acquisitions over the, over this um, summer, like, Deon, like Hopkins going to Arizona, would you have put your hat in that race and try to get Hopkins? Yeah, I would have I definitely tried to get Hopkins. Uh, Who would you have given up, though? I would have even tried to get into the Brandon Cooks. Uh, well, Brandon Cooks is a little different. It's a little cheaper. But DeAndre yeah. Hopkins draws a lot. Like you, like what? It, uh, Arizona gave David Johnson and a first-rounder? David two. So what has David Johnson done? What? 
No, but he's still he's still a top running back. He was hurt. His name is David Johnson. He's still <laughs> running back. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So fantasy football wise or regular football wise, he really has done nothing since he was the uh, until when he got injured. He hasn't done when, much. when he got injured. Yeah. Um, and that has yeah. He's now on the Houston Texans. They threw out some draft picks on him. Uh, I hope you're doing some fact checks for me right now because I don't know exactly what he was given up for. I think um, it was a first. I think it might have been a first. In, It was definitely a first-rounder in David Johnson, but I forgot the other one was. So, for one, I'm not giving up a first-round draft for this year. No, exactly. Ever, ever, ever. That's not in – that would not be anything I would put out there because there's too much talent in this first round to trade that away. So, you're Uh, saying saying you wouldn't have put your hat in the race then? I would still put my hat in the race. Uh, I don't know what they would have given up, but I would still put my hat in the race to see if it was a possibility. And the, right. same th- the same thing with Brandon Cooks, the trade that went down yesterday. I would have put my hat in the race to see what, what would come up. Well, I would have put my hat in that race cheaper. Yeah, and you, got, you would have gotten a lot, given up a lot less yes. uh, than Hopkins. However, there were also some free agents, like we said, in Robbie Anderson that could have also been signed. He could have so, also been signed, but he's also hit or miss with his hands too. He played for the Jets. All right, fine. Well, Sam Darnold is the future of the Jets. I don't care what you say. He played for the Jets. Oh, my God. Who have Le'Veon Bell, who can turn that team around with Sam Darnold, but that's not our team, so I'm not getting into that. Played played once again. (laughs) And you you know I appreciate the Jets at times, um, but for for all the things that they have done. um, However, they are still the Jets. All right, and you, you, you don't know what's going to come out of there because they've done nothing in a very, very long time. Right, well, speaking of, speaking of receivers, let's get into this draft. So, obviously, we have a first-round, 21st pick. You, there's four – there may be four receivers that go before that. Yeah, so – So, do you trade up? So, you really only have to trade up to 10 – up to 10. They get so number for the one people listening, I am not someone who goes by the draft names. All right? So I am not going to give you players to draft. That's going to be Eric's uh, territory. Uh, I'm going to give you what is a clear need for the Eagles. And a clear need for the Philadelphia Eagles is something that I've talked about for – we've been on this podcast for a while now, and I continue to mention the need of a top wide receiver. All right? On the Marks and Reese show on 94.1 WIP on Monday, they asked if the Eagles should trade up for a top three receiver. And by far, the fan base voted that, yes, they should trade for a top three wide receiver. All right, And I, I'm in full agreement that they need one of these top guys in the draft. Right. I, I don't think a guy, and I told you I wasn't going to mention names. However, I don't think a guy like Justin Jefferson is going to do. He's a yards after catch receiver. And as Victor of the Philly pod pointed out, uh, the Eagles had the best yards after catch receiver in Golden Tate, and they did nothing with him. They didn't use him correctly. Uh, they, they, did, they didn't do anything with him, and they didn't even look to try to bring him back. And they let right? him go to the Giants. You let him go to the division rival. So yeah. do you really think that the Eagles are going to use a guy like Justin Jefferson correctly as a yards after catch receiver? I don't think so. I, I think that you need to go after one of these top three guys. So, Eric, who do you think the Eagles should move up to get? 
Well, I think they should move up to at least 11 if they could. I don't know who – I mean, I don't know who you could trade from the Eagles or what you're going to trade. What's it going to cost? But you got a guy they're projecting to go 11 in C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Um, I mean, he's projected to be a number one receiver in whatever team he's on. He, he, lead, he led college uh, in yards per target, uh, catch per step. So, you know, like he's, he's your route runner. So if you want a route runner, it's him. And there's another guy uh, from Alabama, Jerry Judy. He's actually probably a better route runner. But I, I, if I was if I was the Eagles, and what we've been talking about in this podcast, we need speed, right? And I mentioned his name before. His name's Henry Ruggs. He's from Alabama. He runs a four two seven forty. Four two seven forty. We need speed, and we yeah. have to move up. The question is, how are they going to move up? That's um, a good question. And really, you you obviously would trade away this year's first round pick, right? Um, you might even trade away next year's first-round pick. No, there's, too much. There's a guy's name that you mentioned that they should trade, and I, I, I don't see it happening because he still has a lot to prove. Um, 23-year-old, second-round pick, uh, Sidney Jones. So do you really think the Eagles are going to think about the potential of trading Sidney Jones to move up in that first round? I think there's a lot of potential in Sidney Jones to get traded. There, he hasn't proved a lot in Philly. There, but he does have – I don't know if he's reached his ceiling yet, but what he's shown for me so far, I'm not – I don't trust him as a corner. Um, I, I think he's worth trading with the number one to move up to get a better receiver. I think we have corners that can fill that slot. We just signed a, a corner. We'll talk about him later, but we just signed a great corner. I think the biggest issue with Sidney Jones is that, once again, injuries have come into play. Um, and have really messed up his NFL career to the point where he's saying, you have not seen anything yet to reporters over the past couple of days. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm ready to come out and play. Um, but injuries have definitely hurt him. But if you saw what he did at the end of the season, he's going to have that high trade value, I believe. Right. Uh, even I would not want to trade Sidney Jones because I do think he has a lot more potential. Um, obviously, he showed flashes of that at the end of the season. Um, and right now, if you're going to look at those flashes at the end of the season, it could potentially be that, that trade bait. Uh, someone who I'd rather trade uh, who's not going to have the high value would be someone I mentioned earlier in Russell Douglas. I, I don't think Russell Douglas is going to be someone who we can keep around, uh, especially if he's playing like, oh, the Eagles, uh, Eagles are making bad decisions and getting rid of guys they shouldn't get rid of. Uh, and he voiced his opinion on Twitter uh, against the Nelson Aguilar going to the Raiders thing, uh, which which I kind of laughed at uh, because I really do believe Russell Douglas is going to be next. Well, if we can trade him and move up, that would be outstanding because then we could then we could see what Sidney Jones' potential is. I like I said, I don't trust him. We talked about trust earlier. I don't. Yeah, but we talked I, about quarterback, wide receiver. Trust. I know, but I'm saying you're, in general. You're talking fan base and you know who, you know who they didn't bring back after he came back from injury last year that I was really disappointed of until late in the season was uh, Craven LeBlanc. And Craven LeBlanc is someone I actually am going to get into uh, when we talk more about the needs of the NFL draft as well uh, because that's someone who I was also disappointed in that they did not uh, utilize enough when Great. he came 
Because uh, they do have those. It's actually surprising because cornerbacks, to me, are still a position of need for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but they also do have some depth at the cornerback position. Right. And, they, and like I said, they did just sign. Right. And they did just sign, you know, Darius Big Play Slay. Yeah, and Darius Big Play Slay, uh, obviously we're going to get into him and his career, but especially when he was signed specifically. So the biggest need for the Eagles is, is wide receiver. I think everybody on the Eagles fan base and in the Eagles fan base agrees that wide receiver is the biggest need. All right, do the Eagles trade up? We'll see. John Clark reported that the former Eagles NFL scout and draft analysis uh, told him that if Justin Jefferson is available for the Eagles at 21, he's going to be their guy. It's terrible. All right. As I mentioned, I'm not a big fan of this because Justin Jefferson, I don't think would be used correctly. John Clark also added in that he doesn't think that Howie will move up a lot, uh, but could move up a few, a few spots just to block the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so if these four wide receivers are not available, if the if Lamb Rugs uh, and who was the other one you mentioned? Judy and Judy. I think it's Judy. Uh, it's J E U D Y. I don't know how to pronounce it. As well as Jefferson are not available. The Eagles' biggest need after a wide receiver would be the defensive positions. Agreed. You're looking at defensive positions like linebacker. You're looking at cornerback, and you're looking at defensive end long term. All right, these are positions that the Eagles need, as well as the safety position. Right, you just got rid of a safety in which everybody was really ticked off about. No, we'll get into that. <laughs> you just got rid of someone that we're all angry about, but you need to make up and, and add on to that position. All right? You can't just get rid of someone and change another player's position who was injured for the past couple of years. Who's not that great anyway. Going to step in to that position. And I'm clearly – talking about Jalen Mills right now, stepping into the role of Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, and I don't think Jalen Mills is ready for that pressure because it was Malcolm Jenkins who originally stated when Carson Wentz was down in 2017, whoa, 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 we all we got, we all we need. All right, that was the leadership of Malcolm Jenkins that we need back on this team. And we're not going to have Jenkins this season. He's back with the New Orleans Saints, and it's going to be an issue. Uh, and to me, safety becomes one of those positions of need. They need a long-term safety who is going to make a big impact on this team, just like they need a long-term defensive end. And there are rumors out there that the Eagles are looking at, uh, at Yannick from the Jaguars, and Yannick, via Instagram, clearly wants to be traded to the Eagles. The problem with Yannick is that Yannick – would be worth a first-round draft pick, more than likely, and I ain't getting rid of that first-round draft pick. I'm not getting rid of this this year's first-round pick. No way. Uh, so if we're looking at that long-term defensive end, yeah, Yannick would be a great add, but it, this might be something they have to look for in the draft. I think – I also think your front four right now is kind of scary anyway. I know you're, I know you're saying long-term, but the front four as right now is still good. Yes, your front four is very scary right now. I'm worried about when these guys hit right. free agency and when these guys are going to leave. So I have right. to think I, I can't be one of these live in the moment type of guys. And I am one of the I am that type of guy. However, 
uh, COVID-19 has cleared up my mind <laughs> and I have to start thinking long-term and about the future. Well, so, if you're looking at a safety, Alabama has a pretty good safety coming out of this draft. Xavier McKinney. You've said Alabama a lot. In uh, well, it's always Alabama. Come on. <laughs> I know they didn't win this year. Don't matter. Uh, but, you know, he's pretty good. He's a pretty good safety. He's a hard hitter. He's got good hands. Safety position. That's what you need. Could he be yeah. a lead in the future, too? Yeah. But, so, yeah, we need a safety, but there's one position of need that comes before cornerback, defensive end, and safety to me. Oh, right. Other, uh, yeah, that's... other than wide receiver. Right. We need a linebacker. Absolutely. We haven't had a fast, good linebacker. And I guess you, I'm guessing you can guess what I'm going to say here. Since Jordan Hicks. You, you love Jordan Hicks. I is, love Jordan Hicks. Is that the jersey you're currently wearing? No, that's outside no, Jeff. I'm wearing Jeffrey jersey. Oh, sorry. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if you pulled out your Jordan Hicks. Uh, I might. Fandom right now. That was – oh, don't even start it. That was uh, – why we didn't bring him back? All right, so he gets injured. His his speed made up for so much. Uh, what did he make up for? It added to his tackling ability, his hands. You've seen him make plays that other linebackers we have are never going to make. Right? Good news for the Eagles. If they want to stay at 21 – Right now, projected, Patrick Queen from LSU, he's a linebacker. He's projected to go to the Eagles right now. He runs – let me get this straight. I wrote this down. He runs a 4-5-40, and the average linebacker runs between a 4-6, 4-7. He's got speed. He's got hands. He can hang with tight ends and wide receivers. So if you don't draft a wide receiver, you don't move up, you better draft a linebacker. Yeah, if, if you're not drafting wide receiver, you're, you need to draft a linebacker in that first round. Absolutely. Uh, by far. There are other positions of need that we have to look at, once again, for long-term, for sure. For instance, the interior linemen, the guard center uh, positions. All right? right. Jason Kelsey has done a tremendous job for us, should be on the NFL All-Decade team, was robbed of that. We will come after you, NFL, and we will make sure that Jason Kelsey gets on there. Um, Jason Kelsey obviously is, needs to be replaced at one point. Oh, and he's getting older. have to start thinking about that within this draft. So they really need to start thinking about that guard slash center position, as well as maybe even looking at that tackle position. I know we have a couple uh, couple good tackles right now, but once again, you have to Age. start thinking long-term, and, and we need that position. Especially, especially with, uh, with Brandon Brooks having these two injuries. They're significant, so – I mean, yeah, and I, I felt for Brandon Brooks after uh, after signing that contract and then going down right. the way he did. That 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 hurt. But yeah, you don't know how he's going to come back after that. They're tough. But well, good news again. Good news for the Eagles. So first and second, we can we can hold off on on getting these uh, these interior linemen right or center because with the third round, there's projected a few centers to go which could long-term help the Eagles. So if you want someone to be behind Jason Kelsey and learn from him, you, yeah, draft, you, one of these, you, right, you draft one of these guys in the third round. You got one from Washington. You got one from Wisconsin. They're both, they're, they're both, they're both potentially great centers that if they learn under the right tutelage could be great centers. So I think, I think in the middle rounds, the Eagles have to draft these linemen. I think the first round you go for – you go for speed, you go for big playability and a wide receiver, second round, maybe a linebacker, third round, go, go lineman. 
Yeah, that lineman position, that, that center position, learning under someone like a Jason Kelsey, uh, it, especially now, uh, would be huge. Yeah, you don't, get, need a, you don't need a star. You don't need yeah, a star coming right out of college. Well, we had, we had Dillard come in last year, and he learned under Jason Peters. Great person to learn under. Uh, and that's, that's something in which the Eagles should look into going into the future. Now let's talk about positions All right, in this, in this draft that could be potential for the Eagles. They're not huge needs uh, that we've noted. However, they are positions that we need to look at. We need to look at potentially a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz. Um, They drafted one last year. He ended up on the Cowboys practice squad. Um, So they they definitely need to look at the potential of drafting a backup quarterback, maybe later on in the draft or fifth round, fourth round. Uh, but they, they definitely have to look at that position as a potential uh, need. How old is Carson Wentz now? Don't do that to me right now. You want me to look it up? I'm going to look it up. So Carson Wentz definitely needs his, uh, his backup quarterbacks. Obviously, we've seen that over the past couple of years. Um, I'm not going to call a concussion injury prone with Josh McCown. However, he does need that backup. Right, backup. and he's still – so he's – I just go, he's 27. So if you're 27, quarterbacks go that all. Unless you're Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you can go to like 40. But most quarterbacks go to 35, right? That's yeah. good. That's good. You know, age. So you probably do need one, if not this draft, maybe the next draft, to get a good style, someone to learn under him who could potentially say Carson wants too much in the next contract. We don't want to give it to him. He's still taught someone. You've seen that happen before. Yeah, and he, he definitely needs someone to work under or have someone work under him uh, right now or especially now um, going into a year in which McCown's not going to be back. No. Um, and right now it's the Nate Sudfeld Nate under Sudfeld. him. Uh, we have no idea what Sudfeld is capable of at all. Uh, so there, there may be that need for the backup quarterback and, and at least bring the competition to Sudfeld uh, into, the, into the summer camps. Uh, we also have to look at, once again, long-term, all right? I'm looking at two long-term positions. I'm looking at defensive tackle, and I'm looking at tight end, all right? Because to me, this whole Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard thing is great, and the Eagles have worked two tight end sets for a very long time at this point, and it's worked for them, all right? They need to think about potentially replacing one of these two guys. Now, yes, they do have Perkins, but Perkins did get hurt later on in the season. All right? Uh, so they may need to look at that tight end at one point as a position of need because either Ertz or Goddard is going to go at one point, and Ertz is going to command a lot of money. Right. Well, Goddard could too, depending on how future seasons go. But you're right. These two are great together. However, you know, pride is a, is a funny thing. And if one's starting to do better than the other, the other one might – be like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm signing somewhere else. I'm going to be a starter. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and I know Ertz is going to command money. And has he played – I mean, not played out his Philly welcome because he's always going to be beloved here. Uh, but will he be a forever Philadelphia Eagle? Uh, I Like uh, Brent Selleck was, I, I just don't see it. I, I see one of these two guys moving on. And the Eagles need to replace them at one point. 
Um, don't know when, but it would be a good idea to start thinking potentially in this draft of tight end role, maybe even next year in the tight end role. Just throwing it out there. Right. Uh, so, Eric, you uh, you got really angry this offseason. I did. You did. Um, and you got really angry at Malcolm Jenkins going to the New Orleans Saints, which we well, well, I got angry at his not being re-signed and then getting signed by the Saints, yes. So Don't leave out the him not getting re-signed. So I – at one point I look at these type of things as money talks. Oh, of course. All right? And what the Eagles fans expected – when the Eagles announced that he wasn't going to resign in Philadelphia was that he was looking to command a lot of money. And then he was signed. And then we got pissed off more. Right. Because this is a guy that has that leadership that I talked about, that all we got, all we need mentality. The guy who really stepped up and really pushed the defense the past couple of years, the true leader on that defense. And you just let him walk. Kind of like Brian Dawkins a few years ago. I'm not saying that Malcolm Jenkins is Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins will never be replaced. However, how many years did it take for us to look for replacement for Brian Dawkins? And the best replacement we got for Doc was Malcolm Jenkins. And we're going to let him walk. We let him walk. The man has not missed a snap in two years. That's insane for football. Well, like, you know what the Eagles are thinking. At one point, he's got to miss a snap. I don't care. Pay the man to come back and be the field general on defense. And, and now, now we can. So that's once again, brings us that position of need of safety. Jalen Mills, we don't think is the answer. No, he wasn't a good corner. He's tweeting a lot like he's a leader. That's but great. What you put on Twitter and what you do on the field are two different things. So Listen, Jay- I'm a fan. I'm a fan of McLeod, but we need someone strong back there. McLeod is okay. Well, like- Jalen Mills and, and Ronnie McLeod, here's our challenge. Step up. Don't just sit back and think we are going to accept you. Just because you have green hair and you're the green goblin, don't think that we are going to accept you because you've replaced Malcolm Jenkins as our leader, because we are not just going to accept you. Step onto the field and prove it. Right. Anyone who takes that safety role is going to have to prove it. Especially after we, after we got rid of one of the greatest safeties of all time, if not the greatest safety of all time, in Brian Dawkins. Agreed. I'm not going to go on a rant about this because I could talk forever. And we need right, to get so through some things. We're not going to go on a rant. We still have some, some stuff we need to talk about. Uh, for instance, running backs. All right. Eric James, who's sitting in front of me. Yes. He is a big proponent of Boston Scott and Miles Sanders as our running back tandem. All right. All Can right. you guys be our top two running backs? Go ahead, Eric. Go well, ahead. here's what I said. I said Miles Sanders proved himself last year to be an all-purpose back. Now, I still think we need a north-south runner like a Jordan Howard who went to Miami. Disappointing, by the way. Why? Why? Because we needed a Jordan oh, Howard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think... <laughs> right. 
Think about the guys we had. We had LeGarrette Blunt. We had Jordan Howard. We had Jay Ajayi. Those north-south runners are people that we needed. All right. right. Your your question to me earlier today. Oh, I know. See, see, this is how. See, you you took is, that the wrong way. No, I no, said. No. You said, is Boston Scott the next Darren Sproles? Should I put, can Boston Scott be the next Darren Sproles? You That's said. No, is, I say, but not, what I'm saying is, can he be? Can he be? Well, could Corey Clement be? He could have been. Could Josh Adams have been? No. Because these are two no, guys. That, no, Josh Adams is a totally different animal. Corey Clement could be the more. the past couple of years, much like Boston Scott did this year mm-hmm. when the running back need was there. Right. All right, so Corey Clement and Josh Adams stepped in, much like Boston Scott did. We we're praising these guys' names in the past couple of years just like we did Boston Scott. I want to see Boston Scott succeed, but there's one person that's been behind the scenes this whole time with these unknown running backs, Corey Clement, Josh Adams, all right? Trying to figure out a way to work with LeGarrette Blount as well, all right? There's one guy behind the scenes in Deuce Daly that has done a tremendous job coaching these running backs who's not getting the credit he deserves, but the Eagles need that north-south guy. And, yes, having Boston Scott and Miles Sanders as your top two are great. All right? Kind of the same type of running back, though. They're no, I – see, no, but I think, I think Miles Sanders has more north-south than Boston. Boston Scott's a small guy. He's a small guy. But That's why I was comparing him to Darren Sproles. They're, they're definitely going to be more of those outside screen type guys. Right. Miles Sanders is going to be more of that all-around type of running back. However, he's always going to be more the guy who's going to bounce outside and try to make a play. Well, let me, let me throw this at you. So people thought that way about Christian McCaffrey as well. Christian McCaffrey did everything he could to, to change his persona. Christian McCaffrey saw that what people were saying built up and became this, this guy who could run between the tackles. Uh, Christian so McCaffrey, could- that, that's a mindset more than anything. Could Miles Sanders develop that mindset? Sure. Could, uh, we know Boston Scott's not going to develop that mindset because he's he's too small to develop that mindset. Right. However, these guys, this this is a game. You are professionals. You need to think about what you're going to do to make yourself better and make your team better. And that's in any any occupation. Your job is always to make yourself and make your team better. All right. So if Miles Sanders is going to put on put on that muscle, all right, and and be able to push through. Tackle to tackle, that would be great. But the Eagles do need to look at a guy right now who can run through the tackles without having to rely on someone like a Miles Sanders and give us those three running backs. Right, and that's why I was surprised that Jordan Howard, we didn't bring him back. That I was, oh, I'm sorry, he got traded. No, he, we didn't bring him back. He was, oh, we don't, okay, yeah. He, he signed with Miami. Uh, so he definitely is someone who uh, – And who he's young. Back. He is, he's, he's someone we traded for. All right, and, and really didn't do anything with after he got injured. Another example of a guy we did nothing with after they got injured. Let me ask you this, Kevin. So it almost looks like the Eagles, since the signing of DeMarco Murray, don't know how to use a north-south runner. Because DeMarco Murray was used so poorly. Now that was Chip Kelly. That was Chip Car- Kelly, but, but think you had Blunt who, who did a great job. He's a freak. All right. And no, but we didn't use him as much as we could have. We did not use him as much as we could, but at the time in which we needed to use him, 
mm-hmm. closer to the end of the season, he carried them. Okay. All right. So they definitely need those north south runners, those between the tackle runners uh, that they can work with. And yes, we love Brian Westbrook. Yes, we love Darren Sproles. Yes, Miles Sanders or Boston Scott could be those type of players, but we still need someone to go run between the tackles. You still no, I agree. Them. That's why I put that in there. I think we need still need a north south runner. I'm need- just yeah. I, I'm just saying Boston Scott could be that screen game. I know Miles Sanders is, but you know, Boston Scott could change. Could be, uh, but we said the same thing about Corey Clement. Well, I still – I if Corey Clement didn't get hurt, I think he still would be an essential part of the team. And I, I still think it would be – they would still be looking at that Miles Sanders and Boston Scott because I just don't think Corey Clement could succeed after that first rookie year. Well, whatever. He has a Super Bowl ring. I wouldn't care. He does have a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. Um, and he is, he is from the area as well, so that, that definitely helps him out a little bit more with the Philly fan base. Well, let's talk um, about, let's talk about the acquisitions we did pick up this summer, not summer, fall, spring, winter. It, it, it's <laughs> COVID-19 talk right now. We, uh, we don't know what day of the week it is. We don't know what time of day it is. Right. Uh, we don't even know how long we've had this conversation so far. So yeah. let's go, let's, let's do the acquisitions. Go ahead. So the first one we talked about before was Darius Slay from Deep Yeah, and, and to me, the time they made that the time they announced that signing or made that signing came a little close to when the Dallas Cowboys announced that they signed Amari Cooper to a five-year deal. All right, so the Eagles knew that they needed that cornerback role to shut down a division rival uh, in the Cowboys and Amari Cooper, and they brought in Darius Slay to do it. Darius Slay versus Amari Cooper in his in his career. All right. Cooper's been thrown to 12 times. He has four catches for 42 yards and zero touchdowns against Darius Slay. All right. So the Eagles, to me, brought in Darius Slay to shut down a guy like, like an Amari Cooper. I also think Slay can take away from those big plays that we saw last year, like Stefan Diggs tearing us up. Yeah. Like, like I, a, think he'll, I think he'll stay with them. I don't think he's going to always need help over the back, over the top. Um, so I think. It's a, I think that's one of the best signings we have. Yeah, and, and health has to come into it no matter what uh, with any of these players. Uh, but adding someone like Darius Slay to work with these younger cornerbacks as well, um, like Craven LeBlanc, like the person who's supposed to be on the opposite side of the field with him, Avante Maddox, uh, like potentially Sidney Jones. All right, these, these are guys who Darius Slay can, can teach going into the season a little bit more. Um, and we we brought in another cornerback, right? Uh, Mikel Roby Coleman. Yeah, Roby Coleman, who's more of that slot corner. Right. Um, he can really um, work. I think he's going to work well with Maddox. I think Maddox is more of a slot corner anyway. Yeah, and uh, Maddox can, to me, drop back to that safety position at times as well. Right. Uh, so I, I think working with Maddox, uh, working with Darius Slay, and working with uh, Roby Coleman, would be would might actually it's going to be better for the Eagles, uh, especially from what we saw the past couple of years with our corners just getting torn apart. And this is why I don't think we need to look corner in this draft. Yeah, and to me, I, I think it's more once again me looking towards the future. Robert no longevity, only yes. Only signed a one-year deal, uh, and we threw Sidney Jones to the fire right away, coming off of an Achilles injury uh, when he was drafted. 
So as soon as he got done his Achilles injury, basically throw him right into the fire. Right. Uh, and that's, that's not something he needed to do at the time. He needed to learn under these guys. And I think learning under a Darius Slay or a Roby Coleman will help him. And then the last, well, the last one we're going to talk about um, is an, I feel it's an underrated signing. Uh, Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it was a need. Oh, absolutely. It makes our, like I said earlier, our front four is like, I feel like the front four for the Eagles has been scary for a couple years. And we just keep bringing on guys that are like, all right, he fits, but we're going to have him. So I think this is a great signing. I think it's going to, I think he's going to be well used. I think he's going to be well liked. I think it's going to be well-liked, well-used. I think it's going to change up a little bit of the defense a little bit more. You're going to have four men sets up front. You're going to have three men sets up front. Uh, to me, it's, it's perfect uh, for the Eagles because you never know what type of defense they're going to put out there. You right. never know if Fletcher Cox and, and him are on the field at the same time or if we're just going to throw him right in the nose tackle position at times and, and say, okay – here's some linebackers or here's some DNs who are dropping back as linebackers. Go ahead, try to run against us or try to beat us. And this is like 2017 when we could sub out front four and bring a whole different look in. Exactly. We're, we're getting to that point again. We're, we're getting to that point again where we're going to bring a whole new defense. Because you need – they need something. Like Fletcher Cox isn't playing every snap. Yeah, and he needs and Brandon Graham's Brandon Graham's not playing every snap. Like you need but people. Once again, that's where that DN position comes in. We need – those DNs that we have are getting a little bit older. Yeah, um, we need to besides start, Barnett. Yeah, besides Barnett, but we have to start thinking about adding on and, and getting more, and that's where Yannick might fall into play. Yeah. Uh, who knows if the Eagles look at Yannick. But if you are – if you're an Instagram follower, Yannick is pretty entertaining on his stories because he does keep posting Eagles pictures <laughs> uh, for the past couple of weeks. I, I still think it's too much to give up. It is way too much to give up, uh, but he's definitely someone who shows that he wants to get out. Um, I think the Eagles uh, – or, sorry, I saw the other day that the Eagles are going to continue to express interest in him, but they're going to continue on their terms. All right? They're, they're not going to go and let Jacksonville run the, run the trade. The Eagles are going to do things on their terms. So, hopefully, if this continues, how we can pull off some magic and – we're looking at another Super Bowl run, hopefully. Mm-hmm. If we get, if we get that, I think if we get that top line receiver, we're looking at another Super Bowl run. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. We need those weapons uh, for sure, especially in the wide receiver position. I think I think we're going to have a top defense this year, but our offense needs some help. If we if we fill both now, if we fill both wide receiver and linebacker, I think we're going to be a team to be messed with. Yeah, and those are obviously our two weakest links this year, uh, going into going into the draft, because uh, the free ag- the top free agents are kind of gone at this point. Uh, but you definitely need to look wide receiver. You definitely need to look linebacker, uh, and and try to figure out how to fill those holes uh, some way to make this team a lot better. Oh, and uh, if you can't if you can't fill them, Xavier McKinney, Alabama safety, pick him up. <laughs> Eric's pushing the Bama. Howie uh, Roseman, pick up Xavier McKinney. Howie Roseman, we know you're not listening to this. <laughs> uh, we're going to go into some Philly sports news. Uh, Eric pointed out a specific thing with Gritty 
we obviously are big fans of our mascots in Philadelphia, especially Gritty and the Fanatic. So, Eric, what is Gritty doing every day on Instagram? So it's on the Flyers Instagram story. He does a, he does a live feed. It's a quarter hour of power. Uh, this week he, he taught us about different types of rocks that are on the earth. He played, <laughs> he played big, huge Jenga. Um, he has Kevin Hayes show up sometimes to talk about things. Um, the, uh, are they roommates? I don't, I don't know. He is roommate. No, no, he's, he's roommate. on, he's on, they're on Zoom, so he's not, I don't think he's there. Okay, because I, I knew they're roommates with uh, one of the Flyers. Right, but um, it is. It, hiding in a closet somewhere. If you are bored, it is something funny to watch. Yeah, and I know who, he's doing some stuff with Andrea, who's the arena host right. uh, for the Flyers as well, which has been, been pretty funny, uh, especially seeing their TikToks together. Um, which is just at this point we need entertainment any way possible. Uh, to, it got to the point where I was watching the Flyers uh, simulation on Comcast or sorry NBC Sports Network last night, um, where they played against the Rangers and literally the Flyers commentators were broadcasting the game. Uh, so I That's got amazing. so bored. I was watching that last night, and I was watching NBA players play NBA 2K20 against each other. With uh, it's the- even better. <laughs> 76ers being one of the teams they're playing as. Let um, me tell you. Let me tell you this. That just shows that esports is going to take over. Oh, oh my goodness! Esports is going to take over, and there is actually talks of esports coming to Philly. They Philly are building, Fusion. They're already here. They're well. They're building a stadium in the uh, in the complex for them. Oh, oh right off of it's going to be attached to Xfinity Live. Yep. Yeah. Um, other sports news. It sounds like the. Major League Baseball's in early talks right now to return in May, uh, and they would host all games in empty stadiums in Arizona. Uh, something we desperately need right now is is some sport and some normalcy. So having baseball back would be great. And let's let's be honest, most of these teams have played in front of empty stadiums anyway. So it, it would be perfect. Because when I think baseball in the summer, I think the dead heat of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> It would be nice to see the Phillies and the Phillies play again, uh, especially with the team that they have right now. We're pretty right. excited for. Uh, so, Eric, new uh, new new part of our show today is going to be called "What Are We Watching?" So, Eric, what are you watching currently that's entertaining you through this COVID nineteen stuff? Um, well, I feel like everyone else in the earth, uh, I have partaken in watching Tiger King. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, I don't even know how to describe that show. It's one, one. Okay. Here's the one thing. It is really sad to see how many tigers are in captivity compared to the wild. They're almost doubled. So if these people were breeding tigers to then release them into the wild, be one thing, but keeping them in their own zoo, I can see the outrage. Um, I do think Carol Bassins killed her husband. Carol Baskin, the Philly fans agree, definitely, probably killed her husband. Right. She knew she knew what a tiger would eat. Let's be honest, that that's what threw me off. Right. Um, I am actually currently watching on other than WWE, which you know I watch. We did a whole WrestleMania show on it. Um, along with that, I'm actually watching Dark Side of the Ring on Vice. Uh, it's, it's bringing up these old stories. So they talk about in documentary fashion, 
uh, different things that have affected the wrestling industry. Uh, so you're looking at things like the Montreal screw job with Bret Hart, Vince McMahon, and Shawn Michaels. Uh, the season two started with the Chris Benoit murder suicide uh, episode, two hours of that, which was actually really interesting. Uh, in this past week, uh, they were talking about the brawl for all, which was in WWF in the late nineties. Uh, so some pretty cool, uh, entertaining uh, show on vice, which I know a lot of people have not heard of. If you, if you're a wrestling fan, if you're a fan of any documentaries or any sport, I would get into Dark Side of the Ring. It's actually pretty interesting. Oh, and then uh, I guess we'll just throw one more show in there since I've heard about it, seen the memes about it, gifts, anything. I finally started The Office. Finally started The Office? Yes. I think I might I, have to join you at one point. I think it's I think it's hilarious. It's dry humor. Cracks me up. But, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have a one-year-old, so I'm watching a lot of Sesame Street, especially <laughs> the movie Follow That Bird. Uh, that's that's on a lot. So if you have a toddler of any kind, obviously Sesame Street for the past 50 years has been entertaining us forever. Uh, so shout out to the creators of Sesame Street as I watch it every single day, multiple times a day uh, with my son. Uh, right, so <laughs> final final prediction for the Eagles this year. If they, if they What do you think if they get all the things they need? They're they're in the playoffs. They're a playoff team no matter what. Uh, the question is, obviously, health comes into play. Uh, I am an Eagles homer. I will forever be an Eagles homer. Uh, I will always shoot for the moon uh, and hope they continue to to get there. So I'm I'm going Super Bowl again. I, I have to. I'm an Eagles fan. Right. I'm an Eagles fan too. And I'm saying 11 and five. They're losing the conference championship. Oh, you're losing. Oh man. All right. <laughs> That hurts, man. That hurts. I'm just trying to be realistic. I don't think I don't think they're gonna make a Super Bowl run. I think I think the Chiefs are going back. I, I can't be realistic. I'm an Eagles fan. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we gotta bring another one home. Just like the Flyers are going to the Stanley Cup. Uh, they actually the- could if they come back. They could. Gary Bettman, this goes to the news, by the way, uh, said that he may cancel the season. Of course, why wouldn't Gary Bettman want to cancel the NHL season when the Flyers are actually hot? Gary Bettman, according to Gary V, Gary V is an entrepreneur. Gary Bettman is the worst GM. Oh, I'm sorry. Is the worst. What is he? Dead air right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, commissioner. I don't know why. He is the worst commissioner in all sports. Yeah, even Vince McMahon is better than Gary Bettman. Um, so you can find us anywhere at this point. I think that you can su- subscribe to podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're everywhere. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Philly fans. That's T H E P H I L L Y P H A N S the Philly fans, just like we were originally. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com backslash the Philly fans podcast. I couldn't actually get what I wanted there as well. Uh, so this is Kevin key. And Eric James. And we are going to sign off for today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go after it. Get the needs that we want. Listen to us uh, and keep subscribing. Everyone have a day. Go Birds. Go Birds.